Hey, this is Vanessa. This is Carlos. And you're listening to Retro Ad Review. This is a podcast where we select a couple of random old TV commercials and review them. So if you like commercials, listen in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Retro Ad Review. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Uh, it's been going a little weird in <laughs> my area f- for the time. There's just a lot of noise from the neighbors. That sounds like fun, especially when you're trapped inside the house. Um, I'm just, it's a nice day outside here. So that's my positive thing to say, but enough about us. What are we talking about today? Toys, particularly okay. action figures. Cool. Right, so action figures. Have you ever played with action figures? I don't think I've played with action figures. Have I? I don't know. What constitutes an action figure? I remember you had that four-foot Barbie that you danced around, Princess Dress. I didn't have that Barbie. Um, Everyone wanted that Barbie. Somebody had it, didn't it? Didn't they? I think I I had a friend who had that giant Barbie. But this isn't about the giant Barbie. It's about her boyfriend, G.I. Joe. Did we have any of those toys? Did we have G.I. Joe or anything like that? I have some of them. I don't know if they're G.I. Joe because... Well, we had Stretch Armstrong. I don't think he counts. I Okay, so the answer to your question is I don't know if we had any action figures. But of the ones we're going to look at today, we definitely didn't have these. Oh, wait, I think we had Star Wars ones, didn't we? I guess they can be considered Star I remember Wars we had the action bendable. figures. I remember we had the bendable ones. They're, they, they would be action figures, right? Even if they're bendable? What constitutes an action figure? Because, like, is it because they have action, like Karate Chop? Or is it, you know, they're yes, based... So, wait, that, that Buzz Lightyear we had, was that an action figure? This is a really difficult question <laughs> that I just don't know the answer to. What is an action figure? Well, typically, action figures are kind of, like, male Barbie. <laughs> So, like, they do stuff. They're posable, I guess. Um, They usually have points of articulation. And they're usually based on, well, at least growing up, they were based on some sort of show or character or something like that. Generally speaking. Like the arms and the legs and the head. Yeah. (laughs) So they weren't based on, they were always based on, like, somebody who had a TV show or a comic book or something like that. It was never, like... Here's an action figure and you don't know who he is or what it is. It's just, it's, it's, yeah, it was always based on something. What are they called? You know, the weird ice cream food fighters that you had, would those be action figures? I guess so, because you actionized them and their theme was war and stuff. War ice cream and wait, it was food though. So it was like a war hamburger. And <laughs> cool. A lot of stupid toys. All right, so we can potentially, we can possibly agree on action figures are usually kind of like traditionally masculine. Um, They're usually like, uh, I don't know, war or fighting or kung fu or something like that character. And they have like movable joints and you can play with them. So much like a girl plays with a Barbie or supposed to be or whatever, like a girl's supposed to play with a Barbie doll, boys are supposed to play with action figures. They're pretty much the same thing. They're just characters, and you use your imagination to play with them. But I suppose it's 
action figures are more for boys. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So with that, let's go into the first of our three main action figures. Who's the big guy with the muscles? Here's He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Skeletor is his enemy. He-Man, He-Man. If He-Man, Skeletor, and Castle Grayskull, you have to put the castle together. You're doomed, He-Man. Oh, yeah? Watch this action, Dad. Now I have the power. He-Man and Skeletor each sold separately. Castle Grayskull also sold separately from the Masters of the Universe collection from Mattel. I like the voice in this commercial. It's very, um, he's yeah, very serious. I was, to, I was about to say that. The tones of everything's weird because the guy has a serious tone, but their kids play with their bowl haircuts. The dad's having fun with the kids, even though he's trying to be intimidating, like fake dad intimidating. But the show that later came out from it, it's like Skeletor's not intimidating. I don't think this game, this show, I think the show was created before the games. Uh, there's actually. Wasn't it, wasn't it the, the cartoon? I mean, wasn't it the, it was based off the toys? We watched it, but it was a little time. ahead of our time. A little bit. I think our older sister watched it more or knew more of it. I think, though, I think they came at the same time, like we're going to create a toy line. I like how the commercial is from like the early '80s, and you can still see like their '70s bowl. Oh haircuts. yeah, this is a there's a '70s look to it. But yeah, I, as I was saying, I think this was a yeah the toy and the show kind of came up at the same time. There's actually a really good TV series, The Toys That Made Us, on Netflix that covers He-Man. I think yeah. that really gives a good idea of like what happened, but um. I think it was just kind of based off of He-Man was based off of like Conan the Barbarian. You know Conan the Barbarian, right? What year was that? I think that was the early 80s as well. And that was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So Mattel wanted to create kind of like action figures. And I think with the success of all the stuff from Star Wars. So Star Wars was kind of like this franchise that kind of kicked off action fig- Like I think G.I. Joe and stuff kicked off action figures. But like I think tying toys to a particular property like a tv show or a film series i think that's what ended up being like i think that kind of made it happen so i think mattel wanted to have its own action figure kind of toy line money so they ended up picking up he-man so it's kind of based off of like conan the barbarian um it was um yeah like you said i think it was a little bit before our time at least you and i we didn't really watch it i mean i think i caught some episodes of it no, I mean that I used to watch it, but it was during the reruns and everything. Like this yeah, early 80s. it wasn't at like the height of it because I think it. I mean, I don't remember much of the He-Man hype. If if that's kind of what we're getting at when it comes like we were too young for it, I do remember He-Man, but I don't remember people going mad for He-Man. I think I was just not conscious enough <laughs> to be able to kind of uh understand that but anyway about this commercial it, it's pretty much just a commercial where a bunch of kids it just shows the characters so it shows he-man with his big beefy build and skeletor with his also big beefy build which is a very confusing body type for a skeleton and the kids are playing in front of castle Skull, and the dad kind of shows up to be like Hey, I'm playing with you guys too. And that's it. It's a very, very, very simple commercial. It's a very kids. standard kid 
playing with toy commercial and kind yeah, of yeah they like imitate the voice like grr oh skeletor the choice for skeletor's voice in the show weird your thoughts <laughs> yes it was weird <laughs> i was just looking at something and it said skeletor like the inspiration for skeletor was from a, a sketch that one of the guys had made called the king of sticks so I guess he's kind of what? involved with the river sticks, or at least the inspiration oh, came like, from something. I thought you meant like matchsticks or something. I like how in the commercial when he does his swing action and the dad flies across the room. <laughs> it's, I, I, I like how it's not like over-exaggerated or within, like they're not, you're sucked into the world. It looks like kids playing and then the dad like, so, playing a that he gets knocked out. So I think there's cute. something kind of interesting about that because we're also in the early 80s where this is the beginning of kind of like merchandising with toys and children and selling to children. And it's still very, I, I don't know the word, but not like, I want to say like prehistoric, but it's still very rudimentary, <laughs> you know? Like here's a bunch of kids chatting. Like everything about it isn't like when you watch the next two commercials, the next ones that we have coming up, even just the sound, the music is enough to like yeah. get you hyped. Meanwhile, with He-Man, I kind of get what they're going for. This is Conan Barbarian kind of thing, right? This is like a big, strong guy that takes care yeah. of it. So even the music, it kind of reflects that, but the music is really dour. So it's like, He-Man, He-Man. And it's a bunch of kids playing. Like if I think of action figure commercials that I grew up with, they were way like more developed than this, like going mad, like different camera angles and be like, whoa, he can really jump, that kind of stuff. Um, but this is really like almost, <laughs> this is almost like they went into someone's house and shot some kids playing with it. It's like, just play with He-Man and Skeletor. <laughs> of course yeah, it was scripted. Fun. Like it was I just keep comparing it to the show. It's, it doesn't have the same feel at all. The filmation cartoons are just funnier. I always think that when it comes to like action figures and shows and stuff, I always feel like I get a different vibe from the toys than I do from like the TV show. So for instance, you know, Jem. Jem is excited. You know, she, they, she had dolls, but I guess that's probably a bad example. The dolls looked really bad. Um, but like, I don't know why. In my mind, I just like feel like Jem is way more glamorous in the show and the doll just kind of looks like a crappy knockoff Barbie doll. Meanwhile, He-Man here, like if somebody gave me He-Man, like the toy in 1982, I would look at that yeah, doll and I would be like, this guy's a really big, you know, he's a big, strong guy and he beats up things and he's very serious. And that skeleton is a scary, scary skeleton that beats up things and is scary. But he's beefy. They're both very beefy. Like, I just yeah. want to let everyone know that there's a, lot of, there's a lot of beef on these characters. And they're not tall. I think that was actually a point that was made in the toys that made us. I think that the creation of the toys, they weren't the kind of really tall dolls. like Old G.I. Joe. Yeah, like old G.I. Joe. This was like, we're going to make them smaller now. And they're a bit more compact or something. And I think that was helpful. I, I think it contributed to their success in some way. But anyway, like the, the man himself, he he looks different. And then when you watch the show, I don't know how to, what would you, like, how would you describe the tone of that show? Can't be. Yeah. What's the name of that awful little... Orko? Yeah. <laughs> I like that thing. But uh, and he, and he remember... Hat, didn't he? Like yeah. Tiger hat. He looked like Mickey Mouse's wizard hat. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was campy and now it's kind of in... 
the gay community sometimes. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. Because I I real I read this recently that or heard I forgot the guy's daughter said that the creator of the show swung both ways. Oh, interesting. Okay. So like, yeah, he uh, he managed Shira were like I icon- they they were I can like to the exaggerated degree. <laughs> okay. But do you remember the sh- the the movie too? Like the very the movie with the bad reputation. No. Master of the Universe. With oh, Dolph okay. Lundgren? Sorry, I was thinking. I for some reason it didn't ring a bell. Yes, I know this. You have you ever watched it? No, but I know of it. No, it's pretty funny. Oh well, what's but, the tone of that? Is that is that like accidentally funny or is it's it? It's accidentally funny, and the guy who plays Galator, Frank Langella, he got it because his his kid or his nephew, or his grandson, or something was. It's a fan of it, but he realized like in the middle of it that it's bad. So you can see him like really hamming it up. That's good though. It's kind of like Raul Julia in Street Fighter. He just, well, I don't know if he knew it was going to be bad, but I just know he kind of went, I'm going to go camp with this. I'm going to go fun. I'm not going to go serious with this when Jean-Claude Van Damme is all on coke next to me. So I think there was a He-Man hype for a few years. So probably about yeah, a good few years. It was done by the end of the eighties. I think it was done by like eighty nine, and that's probably giving it way more legs than it had. It was probably done in like eighty seven or something. Wait, which? What? I'm trying to remember the movie. Was the movie? Was that the one? They had to work with some kids who had to make a special music or something like that. What? No, I don't know this. Yeah, yeah, that is He-Man. I think it is He-Man. What? Courtney Cox. I don't know this. They, I think... they, they found like a, a, a keyboard or something and then some some scientists had to help them get back to Castle Grayskull and, and Earth and stuff. It was just way too much like cocaine. I gotta watch this again. <laughs> I gotta watch this again. Right. Well, okay. So He-Man kind of died in the 1980s and they tried to revive him, didn't they? At some point, like in the... Yeah, they arrived in the early 2000s. When... That's such a... Well, no, it makes sense. I'm not sure how it would feel at that point. I didn't get to watch it. I think it was on the Toonami block of Cartoon Network. Really? But I think it had a more serious tone. I guess it's not that hard to have more of a serious tone. I just remember catching the second season had the like snake creatures or something. I think I they feel... beat Galator in the first season and the snake creatures became the bad guys. The, I, I mostly remember the toys from that era. Not, I didn't get them because I was a little older, but I just remember the, the commercials back then. They were a little more stylized than this. It was like, yeah, lightning, and then oh, he man has to do the thing, and he knocks Skeletor off into the couches, rocks. Yeah, like I think we can very clearly see that this just the sound of it, the look of it, the kind of action that's happening in it is very simplistic, and that's not a bad thing. It just feels a bit rawer than some of these later commercials, which I think leads us into the next one. G.I. Joe's dream! What's it mean to be G.I. Joe? America's number one fighting force, sir! And that means? Big muscle, sir! And? Big missile, sir! It's harder! Shoot further! And who's the enemy, boys? Evil Iron Claw with attack rocket! And we're gonna stop him! Lieutenant Stone! With massive mortar! Sergeant Seven! With catapult cannon! Only Joe's 
got the muscles and this to overpower the enemy. Eat so separately. What's it mean to me, G.I. Joe? America's number one fighting force, G.I. Joe Extreme. Did we watch that? I think it was on the early morning when they get kids to dress up for school at the ungodly hour of 5 to 6 p.m. a.m. That was a rough time. I think that was it. That that was the time it was because I don't remember it during the afternoon block, which would have been a more perfect time for it. Yeah, I don't remember the either. Commercials definitely, the commercials are definitely there. But so, yeah, I vaguely commercials... remember some of it. I just remember G.I. Joe stream. So what's the commercial like? Uh, so the commercial is way more. It's, it's, it's advanced, seeing as we've moved, what, 10 plus years since the last uh, ad. It's basically just like various camera angles and various action elements of the multiple action figures within the G.I. Joe Extreme line. One thing, so there's a lot of things happening, like, it pretty much on a very basic, simple level, it's just like showing you what these action figures can do. So yeah. they have rockets. Yeah, actually, that's that's pretty much it. They all have rockets. So there's a lot of rocket <laughs> launching happening in this, and they keep smacking there's each of the characters. But with these kids with their side fade haircuts. Yeah, but then... you don't. But the kids don't take center stage very much in this. It's pure. I'm glad. Like the only thing that you really see are their hands because like to one of the things with the G.I. Joe action. action figures is that they have like a little launch button. So you just see you see a bunch of fists slamming into the launch button. So that way, you know, G.I. Sergeant Savage can shoot a missile at one of the enemies or whatever. Actually watching this commercial makes me want to play with an action figure. I do remember really enjoying those things, like when an action figure did have one of those like interesting karate chop or whatever. But anyway, you it's just showing that. So it's the kids aren't present in this. And the way that they kind of semi-animate these toys is is interesting because they kind of show them like Lieutenant Stone. Sergeant Savage, and it's almost like a commercial, or sorry, it's almost like they just go to a show where it's like really interesting. Yeah, like the character, like whoever's moving the character, because you can see a hand always, there will always be a child's hand present, but they slightly twist the character to the camera to be like when you're, you know, when you're watching an intro to a show and it says like, yeah, Lieutenant Dan or something, and then it shows. It shows Lieutenant Dan. Forrest Gump. It shows Lieutenant Dan look at the camera or something. That's what this oh is God. kind of doing, which is kind of cool or it's weird. So it's very much a uh, very focused on the toy. The other thing that constantly happens. I, in I, I like that. And, I and, do like that motif of the uh, the the drill sergeant just like describing everything and then the. It's kind of funny, but again, I'm comparing it to the show, which I did do remember some of it, like the basic gist of it. But I don't remember the don't... show at all. <laughs> I just but remember it, the idea. This makes it sound more patriotic and militarized and uniform, like a, a drill sergeant and his uh his. This is super militarized. This is like heavy duty militarization. <laughs> I think oh, yeah I just remember that the show was a revival of um it was a revival of the 80s because G.I. Joe started I think it was around the uh, World War II era because you know you had to get the people to to be enthusiastic about the war but then the Cold War happened and he was 
really big in the 60s, I think, and in the 80s when we revived the Cold War. <laughs> Just but after, back them this, hits. after the Cold War ended, I think the original run of the, the, the line and the comic books ended about the mid-90s when this came out. Okay. G.I. Joe Extreme. But G.I. Joe Extreme was during the extreme so, era. Yeah, exactly. Everything had extreme slabs to do it. And you could so tell that it was inspired by the comic books of the era. You, you remember the Spawn? I remember Spawn. The Spawn comics and stuff. Because the, like the early 90s, some guys created Image Comics because they, uh, they wanted to... They want they the before the the companies kept the creations, but then they created Image Comics, which had the um the creators keep the copyright of their creations. And one of the guys was Rob Liefeld, who his art style became a trend. They were huge muscly and they had pouches and did seem catered to making action figures. So this show, you could clearly see that it was inspired by that. But it was funny because just like the post cold war thing like how did they how would they make it and i just remember that lieutenant stone was the main guy and he was just like this rock with a chiseled face and the hair and then there was like one woman for the toys but iron claw i think he was like the main bad guy and i think once he took over the united states it was just a weird show i'm genuinely confused by what is happening with what you're saying here but it's okay. One thing I wanted to point out about this was um, this is very much in the extreme era of things. They took a lot of existing properties and then went, we're going to make them more extreme. So what year? This is 1996, right? And I think G.I. Joe Extreme started in 1995 or something. Yeah. So like there was this period of time no, of I, Ghostbusters. Wait, I think it stuff. went to, I think it went from 95 to 97. Yeah, the line and the toys and the singular comic book that it produced. I don't know who yeah. I don't know who do the characters were. I mean, I watched. I remember I have a vague recollection of watching GI Joe as a kid before school started, like the original GI Joe, right? And I think GI <laughs> Joe was it was it was it was fun. I mean, again, kind of those weird bad guys that had weird weasel voices rather yeah. than like scary big booming voice, but. I think maybe yeah, with G.I. Joe, guy. I think during this kind of extreme era, because this even is like fitting into like the WWF extreme attitude era stuff. Ad- so this kind of fits into but this like hyper masculine, like we make the characters bigger. We make the bombs bigger. Yeah, we make everything like cooler. The comic book influence. From like, if era. they could have thrown a skateboard into it, they would have thrown a skateboard into it, but it didn't. No, I, didn't they have that metalhead dude who's like all metal and surfer guy? Oh my god, okay, so I guess they did. Do you remember throw in any of the show? No, I don't remember. I literally don't remember this show. I don't know why. No I remember that I remember weird monster series with like football players that were monsters. Yeah. I remember more than I remember this show. Bones Justice. What was the name of that show? I don't remember the show. I just remember Bones Justice. <laughs> he always got MVP at the end of the episode, except that he was oh. off saving the world. The only episode I remember, G.I. Joe Extreme, and I love the theme song. He was the the one of the bad guys, the fire guy. They recount his his origin story, and he was like a poor kid. It was like exaggerated tag. It was so sad. 
his poor mom got him to play with these rich kids in a mansion. It's like, what is this? And they take his favorite airplane crushes. Like, you're just a poor, poor. It's like, it was exaggerated. It was crazy. What's wrong, little poor boy? Yeah, what's wrong, little poor boy? Oh, look, his airplane got broke. This poor boy won his little airplane here. You'll never have anything. 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 <laughs> and then he, he became a, a fire villain and tried to kill him later. But it just didn't work with the whole post-Cold War era, pre-War on Terror era. They had to just go into the future of 2006 and roboticize everything. 2006. I think... Yeah, I can't believe I, you don't remember any of the show. I don't remember any of this show. Didn't the turtles uh, go they, to an extreme period as well? Not right? really. They just adultized a little bit. That was like the 2000s. They never went extreme. Right? Yeah, they didn't go extreme. Okay. You know, your kind of discussion about like the cold world, like the, the G.I. Joe, which this is also covered in the uh, Toys That Made Us thing, the G.I. Joe evolution from like the early G.I. Joe character who was a big doll to whatever the hell this is to whatever gi joe is now is actually kind of fascinating especially how it ties into yeah. like you were saying like this kind of uh, nazi and then to the cold war and then i don't know there maybe is probably a war on terror gi joe what era are we in now <laughs> of war of perpetual war <laughs> horrible yeah, perpetual war oceania i don't um i i don't know i guess we're still in the surveillance era i have no idea well let's let's step away from that because we're going to move on to the next one and here it is. Blasting into action with the secrets of the Batcave, Batman and Robin. Mr. Freeze launches a shivering shockwave, but heat scan Batman deploys his thermal sensors. His ice pummeling projectile makes Freeze sweat. Next, Robin's ice armor and blade launcher make Freeze pay. And now, the blazing Bat-Hammer lights up the night, ready for the final fight. The Bat-Hammer powers up to send the frozen feed to a massive meltdown. The secrets of the Bat-Cave are yours, Batman and Robin. Figures of Bat-Hammer eat so simple, the batteries are included. God, that was it. That one, that, this particular one really fits into my view of, like, insane. Extreme um, era. Yeah. Man, like, the other one was actually very extreme. But this one was just like, boom, boom, boom. In there. Yeah, he had to cram everything in there. Especially and at the end. So so to briefly kind of this, I don't know. I think this commercial, I'm assuming because you selected these commercials today. I'm assuming you picked this commercial because of Mr. Freeze getting hit by the blocks because I don't know why that's something that's like burned into my memory far more than G.I. Joe Extreme. Okay, so Burned just, or frozen uh, into your memory? I really I like screamed. the music to this too. God, this commercial is really, this commercial is bad. Let's just put it the out music there. For like the film was, was it, bad. Everything was, it was bad. Jerry, was it Jerry Goldsmith that did this movie? Oh, or... I don't know. One of the big boys, anyway. So in the commercial, kind of, this is a commercial for the for the toy line from the film yeah. Batman and Robin, the famously bad film starring George Clooney, <laughs> O'Donnell, Alicia Silverstone. I feel really bad, but the guy who played Alfred, I can't remember his name, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, uh, Poison Ivy and my favorite character in the entire series. Wait, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Poison Ivy? No, no, Bane. Oh, Thurman. <laughs> I don't think yeah, Thurman. Um, but yes, my favorite character in this is Bane. 
because he doesn't do anything. Yeah, like you can't enjoy this movie on its own merits. Like you have to enjoy it for like basically we kicked off with like 1960s Batman, the campy Adam West, no, 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 no stuff. Bam, pow. And then when we got into the 80s Batman, like 89 Batman, darker tone, a bit more serious, interesting and kind of quirky, but like it had a very, like there was a gravitas around it. And it kind of continued with like uh, Batman Returns, obviously, and then Batman Forever. But then in Batman Forever, you could see that it was moving towards the kind of goofball stuff with Jim Carrey. And then when you got to Batman and Robin, it had lost the plot. Like it was just you know, ice to meet you and whatever oh, other horrific. Yeah, action. Tim Burton wanted to keep it. It was still silly weird, actually. But it was. It he was. He kept it darker with his goth boy ways. <laughs> and, um, it, was, it just had more serious tones. When, like if, if when, literally you had yeah. been exposed to Batman in the 1960s and that's the only Batman you knew. And they were like, they're coming up with a Batman movie. This would be a crazy tonal shift. You'd just be like, what the hell happened oh, to Batman? <laughs> When the Joel Schumacher uh, Batman's came out, when he took over as the producer and stuff, became a lot more bat nipply. Bat nipple. We get a lot more in the face. I think the bat nipple is one of the greatest inventions of our time. I know, but like when you got to this level, you got way too many puns. You got like ridiculous stuff happening, and I think that's why I like Bane because Bane is just really funny. <laughs> Because he doesn't do anything. Like, he's he kind of stands and he goes, burn, and that's it. And just, like, lifts his arms up. And then... Bane was, created in, like, Bane was created in, like, in 93, so he just came out. Yeah, I think he was a pretty new character, right? Like, I thought he was new. Um, yeah. Yeah, he came out in 93. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I heard that. I just was kind of agreeing with you is kind of confirming oh. like, i'm pretty sure he was a new guy but he was a lot smarter than i think he was a lot smarter than this uh giant dumb monster yeah i thought he was wasn't he like a, a scientist or something no i think i think he was a mobster oh, okay yeah that i'm really wrong with all of this in this he looks like a luchador um but anyway this is this is off. i think it was cuban in one of the adaptations oh okay interesting this is a very stupid film so how that translated into the into the action figures the action figures look quite good like the um, was arnold schwarzenegger that, mr freeze action figure looks really good like i look at that mr freeze and i just think like i would actually really like that toy batman looks kind of stupid but and he's got like a red outfit which is a bit strange like it doesn't For actually heat? it doesn't yeah yeah it's his heat ray thing or whatever it doesn't match up with the film actually like what like mr freeze looks like mr freeze right but like the batman they're just like let's just make him into a whole bunch of let's just jam on some more crap into this so just like the gi joe extreme version we were watching there are no children there's there are no children really present just their hands kind of showing so again it's really focusing on the toy rather than the, the the you can be a kid playing with this 
I guess I guess that's what it's trying to do, but it's not really showing any kids. And again, it's showing like what I was actually going to say earlier about the G.I. Joe Extreme stuff is one of the big elements of action figure commercials is knocking things over. So in the G.I. Joe Extreme commercial, they always had like a block area. Yes. A lot of these commercials. So in the G.I. Joe Extreme one, there was like a bridge falls over or a, 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 a bunch of rocks fall on the other action figure. It's a whole bunch of stuff like that. In this one, there's not so much of that, except Batman and Robin shoots a bunch of ice blocks. Yeah, that's it. And a few blocks fall over. And I don't know why, but that stuck with me. I really like the color of those blocks. I like how they're see-through. And I think that was just something that weirdly like got me interested when watching this commercial as a kid. But even when they shoot and knock over the blocks, it knocks off like three of them. So it's not actually that impressive. And then the commercial also goes I to always make that noise. The, the commercial also goes to show Batman's... <laughs> what was that? His snowmobile? Is that what it was? Clips from the movie. It shows like a... no, but it's showing clips from the movie, but then they say like there's a new toy and it's like, uh, you know, it's not the Batmobile, but it's a white it's the bat, hammer. bat hammer. Oh, this is for the bat hammer. Sorry, I got completely. What's the bat hammer? <laughs> but um, there was an interview with Chris O'Donnell who played Robin and Batman for and Batman and Robin. He said the first movie he felt like he was making a movie. The second movie, he felt like he was advertising for toys. The first one, you, I felt like I was making a movie. The second one, I felt like I was making a toy commercial. I'm a lover, not a fighter. That's why every Poison Ivy action figure comes complete with him. The merchandising and licensing became a very, very important part of the making of the film. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of what it was. They designed the Batman movie props based on the toy companies creating the designs first. That's insane and amazing. I can't believe that. That's really cool. And remember how like it isn't movie, cool, but it's really cool. Remember in the movie, it's cool. Remember in the movie when um, he, I, I don't know why this always stuck in my head because it just looks so weird when Batman defeats uh, Mr. Freeze for the first time. Mm-hmm. And then he just like opens and cape and like presents him. Remember that? Mr. Freeze is on the floor, just like knocked out, and then it's playing the triumphant music. Dun, 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 dun. And then Batman just has his cape open and is like like he's presenting. Oh, he I remember him. that. That's such a like, weird I was like, this looks like a toy. Sequence. That yeah, that was a really weird sequence. I remember that now. But okay. So so we've gone through all of the ads. Shall we, you know, compare and contrast them? Rate them? Yes. <laughs> no, nah, I don't want to. Let's go. Okay. Um, okay. So we watched He-Man 1982, G.I. Joe Extreme 96, and Batman and Robin 97. Which do you think... Least favorite. Uh, least favorite. Let's start from the bottom. Start from the bottom. Least favorite. I guess Batman, I guess. Because even even though it's jam-packed and it shows clips from the movie, it, it's too jam-packed that it has to rush everything. It's like, Mr. Freeze is cool. Then Batman uses heat rays against him and melts the blocks and the bat hammer crashes against him. Uh, yeah, but it's I still a little too fast and generic for me to. 
it's too fast for me to enjoy it. Um, I agree with you on that one. This one's my least favorite as well. Like there is a lot of activity in this ad and there's a lot of, what's it called? Like the action figures are doing a ton of things. So there's Mr. Freeze who's got his gun. There's this guy, Batman, who's got like heat rays coming off of him. There's what's his face, the Robin guy. He's putting on his little suit or whatever. Then there's also this all new bat hammer. And then there's a bunch of ice blocks. Like they're just showcasing so many elements that it's actually quite hard to keep up with. I, I don't know. I mean, the central thesis of an ad is buy all of this stuff. But like there's nothing for me to mentally just like focus in on. Like we were talking about this and I just yeah, seen the ad, and I completely forgot about the bat hammer, which is like half of the commercial yeah so like there's just too much going on in the commercial for me to really absorb it now because this is like a second Uh, half because it's it's about the bat hammer i'm wondering if there was another commercial that was just showcasing the toys and then this one was like here's you know half of the original commercial also we're jamming in the bat hammer i am as unenthused about this commercial as george clooney was in his portrayal of batman it's a beautiful portrayal um okay so what's your second my second favorite would be uh, G.I. Joe Extreme. Because, I'm just going to keep doing that every time. Um, clearly you got to cut that. You got to edit it in the, at least the <laughs> every intro. time. That. Um, <laughs> at the end. Right. So um, why is this your second favorite? Uh, again, with the generic rock playing. I mean, <laughs> not the rock music, but the playing on the rocks. <laughs> I like how they they outfitted it with the military things, like getting you a little pumped. It's like boom, boom, boom. Hey, what does it do? We are America's fighting force, sir. And it's like, yeah, that is good. Propaganda. It is military. It's super military. Yeah. And and the toys itself, how it, it gives you time to process it, even though it's extreme. It's not as extreme as the Batman commercial with all the pumping in your face. Yeah. You can see how you want to like punch his his rocket and the other guy's rocket. And the other other guys rock it. It gives breathing time to like the action yeah. of the action figures. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I want to play with this. Well, it's even when I said that when we were watching, it's like kind of want to play with this because I like that slam the button and the thing flies. I think that's great, and I I do think that that's a very key part of action figures. Still showing that the kids are controlling it, but not making kids the full blown, not mm-hmm. making the kids the full focus. I guess they're they're playing with it. Yeah, and I, I really like seeing them actively handle things because I can't imagine myself. I actually wouldn't put slam my fist onto the little rocket. I'd probably like flap my palm against it because I yeah, would be afraid I, of breaking it. I always want to do the fist like slam thing, but they're they're they could barely stand up sometimes. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's like, just not practical. And the rocket would just shoot onto the ground and, and fall on like the face. both characters would die. And just like you, I think this one's also my second favorite. I like I was just saying, and you were saying that, yeah, it gives breathing room to what is happening in this. And it is kind of funny. They do they do use the kind of falling rocks, falling bridge, falling pieces of debris as a bit of a crutch. But it's fun. And it does make you want to play with some of these toys. I wouldn't say they're great toys, but like they, they look fun. They kind of look like small soldiers. The show, the movie, not like they look they, they are small soldiers. They're like. G.I. Joe's, but <laughs> that would mean the first one is He-Man. He-Man. I had the master of the universe. I just for some reason, even though it was before our time, I do like that soft radio voice guy that appears in a lot of these 70s and 80s commercials. Me too. 
I think I like this commercial mm. because of its weird simplicity. It yeah. just feels so stripped it looks down. Like you could have fun. Like you have fun with your dad playing with the thing. You could have fun with your brothers or cousins, whoever else is in here. Yeah. I mean, I understand what they're going for in the other ones that you can imagine yourself as the kid, like holding and playing with the thing. Sorry, you can imagine yourself playing with it like that's your hand on the screen. Meanwhile, this we're watching kids play with it. But there's something attractive about that, that like there's something kind of interesting watching kids play with the toy. Like I want to play with it like you want to grab it. And I think that's what I like about it. It's just it's It's probably not a brilliant commercial, but it's it's still very... I don't know. It's engaging and it's interesting. I, I enjoy looking at it. It's fun. And it's definitely the nostalgia thing coming through. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no not that. And that Castle Grayskull looks pretty cool. Yeah. Like the Castle Grayskull looks cool. Oh, man. But, um, you know what I just realized? Of the three commercials we have, even with the extremity of extreme and there was never like a super excitable kid. Like, God, yeah. Rocket launchers. <laughs> Like five different poses. There was oh, never like a nerf kid. Like the and then he kids like were well known for that. Yeah, and then he falls on the ground. And he's like, yeah, take that skeleton. And boom. Yeah. Um, we definitely like that, find is... examples of that. You're right, though. That's interesting that they didn't have I'm that for either one. I didn't, I didn't see this. That is interesting. Which, which that contrast makes me like this more. It looks like I could be a kid playing with this. I don't know how much I'd resonate with it as a kid watching other kids play with it. But right now, it's like, yeah, I want to... Well, I think, I guess you also have to think of it in the era. There weren't that many, at least as far as I'm aware, there weren't that many commercials that were so blatantly like this, I guess. And also, He-Man was very different. So I feel like... I don't remember in the era before I was born. (laughs) Well, I guess it's just, you know, you were talking about the Cold War and World War II and stuff, you weren't... very much alive for most of it well i read the history i didn't well, say that's I what remember. i'm saying like you could know the history about some of these things so i guess what i was saying is like i think he-man was such a different looking toy that that was enough of a draw and enough of an interest but as things got way more saturated with gi joe extreme and with batman's and film tie-in and all of this kind of action figures tied to stuff that you see because i don't think that was as common back then because yeah. I forgot what it was called, but the 80s was kind of, wasn't the 80s known for that? It's like, we're just trying to sell toys to you. Yeah, it was, it was just like this materialism thing or whatever. All that as cool as the, the toys and the cartoons were, even though they weren't that good, actually. Yeah, the, 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 the cartoons were like toy. a secondary thought, even though the, yeah. So like, the like you know, if you were there and you were just, you know, how to crap Ken, and then you saw He-Man, you'd be like, wow, He-Man. Um, and you'd probably want to play with it. But yeah, as things got like over... <laughs> as things got over, Yeah. And, and as things got oversaturated, you had to make it that much more bombastic. So, wow, this one's, you know, Batman's got like a bunch of heat lasers or something. And it's just like a bunch of sticks sticking out of Batman. I think that's kind of the nice or the interesting thing about it. But that's... Yeah, because I think the thousands of ones had like special effects like lightning and stuff or something oh yeah you're right wow, about that like funny. lightning and I, I still don't remember it being super energized with the kids yeah and all that but but there definitely it, was, it was a lot I'm, different from this i'm pretty sure everyone will remember that like yes, if you grew up in this if you grew up in this 80s 90s 2000s era there you will know a commercial that has a kid going take that who's bad guy shredder i don't know <laughs> Okay. This Which would you buy? Which one would I buy? 
G.I. Joe Extreme. Uh, like yeah, I said I guess, earlier, yeah. I, I just like that slam. <laughs> I guess Castle of Grey School was pretty cool, but it is pretty uh, cool. The the actionness of the action figures for G.I. Joe Extreme. I mean, I guess you could like position them and and see if you can yeah. angle the rocket at the right point to knock down your opponent or something. I can it, see myself just kind of move them around. I can see myself personally playing with that more. Like even right now, if someone gave me that toy, I'd be hitting the rockets and stuff. Meanwhile, with He-Man, I think for a few reasons, if someone gave me a He-Man, I would be like, I can't touch this He-Man. He's in perfect condition. So I have to keep <laughs> him because he's a collectible. And even so, he doesn't have that much action. He just kind of spins his body. So I probably uh-huh. wouldn't do too much for it. But the other ones, like he just keep throwing rockets at each other the batman stuff there's just too much like if someone gave me that mr freeze i'd be really impressed i'd be actually quite happy like some of these commercials and some of these feelings i'm getting just even thinking like if someone gave me a mr freeze right now i'd be really excited i still get some of these kind of like deep set memories of being excited (laughs) when i got something um something like that there's just some weird almost like primordial i don't know what to call it like lizard brain stuff that makes me like feel something when i see these like i feel like it just was so ingrained into me to like want some of these things and their particular like styles and looks why did you want it that make i don't know i if like i said if someone gave me that mr freeze right now i'd be really happy i'd be like wow this thing's cool (laughs) and i'm far too old for it but i think it's just really me like almost feeling like i was when i was a kid like i I, like it almost makes my brain yeah there are a few things there are a few things that bring that back like it's it's not like when i go oh i miss that feeling it's just like i almost am feeling that feeling of like oh i want i want that thing and if someone gave it to me i'd be like really excited which is very strange but i guess that's the i think we should i think we should get them all and have the bat hammer crash in the crossing gauge Gray skull and have Skeletor shooting G.I. Joe rockets. G.I. Joe <laughs> Okay, so that is actually it. So join us next time when we will cover some other series of ads from a time long before. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we'll be back soon with another series of ads. And if you like us, listen to us on all the podcast stations. We're on them all. And engage with us. Talk to us on Facebook and Instagram where we're at Retro Ad Review. We just like talking commercials on there and sharing commercial stuff. And we like talking to people on there. So please be in touch. Let's be in touch. And that's it. So thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.